you may strike me down, but can you strike down the whole Chicago Bulls 1995 lineup? In a burst burst of fire, four more demons appear, all in the shape of basketball players from the 1995 Chicago Bulls starting lineup. I have a question. When was the last time you watched Space Jam? Was it two hours ago? <laughs> did you watch Space Jam two hours ago? <laughs> I did not. I've seen Space Jam a few years ago. All right, I'm just checking. That's that, fair. That's what I'm visualizing right now. So you know the scene in Men in Black early on when he moves the chair or he moves the table so that he can complete his test and it's just really loud and obnoxious? Yes. So I'm doing that right now. I'm going to go, I'm sure there's like an oversized leather stuffed like chair and I'm going to go and I'm just going to drag it across the room very loud and noisily so that I can then do the splits across it and another chair and then start doing my kata. (laughs) It screeches across the floor just in the most satisfying way possible. And the entire 1995 NBA, Michael, uh, Chicago Bulls starting lineup watches with a slight confusion on their faces. You drag it across the floor and then start doing foolish-looking poses. But no one stops to interrupt him. Exactly. Like Everyone just stops and watches me, and then I'm going to be like, that was a distraction. As the screeching of the chair is across the floor, I kind of cock my head to the side, and then in full-on Jurassic Park style, I just get down and scream and just charge at the closest uh, Chicago Bulls lineup character. I'm hoping it's Michael Jordan, but I'll take any of them. Okay, so let me just take a second step out of character here. I hate to do this. Um, So just to explain how this scene is going to be resolved. So the way combat works in Mushu or any scene works in Mushu is you have what's called mooks or a threat more generally, and that threat has a number, which is uh, the threat rating, which is how many successes you have to get against it and it has a damage rating, which is almost always one, which is how much damage you take every turn unless you stop it. So when you are engaging in a scene in Wushu, describe your actions using as many details as you want, and then for every detail you add up to the dice pool limit, you roll that many dice. So for this first scene, the dice pool limit is going to be five. So no matter how descriptive you are on your turn, you're not going to get more than five dice per turn, per round. And then once you've done, once you finish describing your actions, no matter how many dice you end up with, you divide those dice between yin dice and yang dice. Yin dice are your defense, and yang dice are your offense. You can call them offense and defense. That's actually what I usually end up doing anyway. And then, and then you roll the dice, making sure you know which ones are which. And every success on an offense dice, a yang dice, brings down the threat rating, and every success on a yin dice, a defense dice, deflects one damage. So your chi are effectively your hit points. When you run out of chi, if you take a hit, you're out for the rest of the scene, basically. So, so Matthew, the, um, you, the, the action you described probably was two or three details. So you can pick up two or three dice, and then you can keep describing if you want. And remember, whatever you say happens, 
So if you want to go for Michael Jordan, tell us all about what you do to Michael Jordan. And just I will keep track of how many details and, and you can count your dice up. Well, here, here's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the screeching of the chair was very reminiscent of the pack alpha that I once followed before I gained my cursed trench coat. And so it was actually similar to the attack command. So I was confused with the headcock, and then I was like, well, I mean, it sounds like attack, so I'm just going to attack. So I charged forward, and as I'm charging, the coat is whispering into the back of my slightly sentient brain like, oh, yeah, this is the right move. So I'm going to charge, leap in the air, and I'm hoping to cut him in half with my, you know, toe claws and finger claws, my little six-toe finger claws. But uh, let's see how this goes. Excellent. Well, um, that was seven details, so you maxed out for sure to all five of your dice. So remember, you uh, this threat, uh, this group of moops is worth nine. So you, the whole group needs a total of nine successes to resolve this combat, and then you will take one damage if you do not have any yin successes, any defense successes. So go ahead and divide your dice between offense and defense, and then give them a roll. Okay, so I'm going to use white dice for defense. So I got two defense mm-hmm. dice, and then I'll take five attack dice? Well, no, hang on. Okay. So the maximum dice pool is oh, five. five. So you yeah, have gotcha. seven details, we max out of five. And so are you, and are you using your pack beta trait? I yes. assume we're using it. Okay. So what's your number on that? Four. Okay, so any die that result is four, five, or six is a success. Okay, I got a six, a six, a six, and a one and a two. And the uh, the two uh, defense dice were successes, and then I got one attack die that was, or one offense die that was a success. So let me take a step back and reverse that. <laughs> Any number you get under that four, so one, two, three, or four, is a success, gotcha. and five and six will be failure. So your best trait is going to be your five, because then the only thing that's a failure is a six. So you got four sixes and a one and two. Uh-huh. So all those sixes are failures. Cool. Your one and two are actually your successes. So I, I love it. Rick. Okay. So you got... Uh, so I got two offensive successes. And no defensive So go ahead and mark no off one defensive of successes. Chi. Go ahead and mark off one of your chi. Great. So what do you do to Michael Jordan? Do you cut him in half or do you just leap at him? I, I leap at him feet first. So I'm, I'm aiming to cut him in half, yes. Or Excellent. at least slash open his belly, spilling his intestines. Well, you do slice open his belly and intestines don't pour out. Instead, shadow, like liquid shadow, spills forth from his gut. And uh, as you do that, wings sprout from all five of the Chicago Bulls starting lineup. And uh, Michael Jordan jumps in the air, and a basketball-sized fireball appears in his hands, and he just slam dunks it onto your head. And uh, so you are awash in fire temporarily. And so, uh, and then you can pass it on to whoever you want to, or somebody else can just jump right in and go next. And remember, describe what you want to happen, and that's what's going to happen regardless of what you get on the dice. Well, if I'm choosing, I'm going to choose either Michael or... Caleb, because they were both kind of ready with their actions. The Legion of Squirrels was kind of like, we're busy eating our nuts. <laughs> All right, I'll go. So I am providing a distraction by doing my splits across the two chairs, and I'm, I'm mid-kata. And then as I see uh, Red Six 
attack. I'm going to jump up and I'm going to do that thing like Jackie Chan does where I jump from like one side of a building to the other, except I'm going to use six foot six Ron Harper and six foot six Michael Jordan since they're the same height. So I'm going to climb up them back and forth like a wall until I'm at head high. And then surprisingly, I'm going to do a spinning scissor kick. Excellent. So uh, I counted either six or seven. So you've also maxed out. So you get all five of your dice and you just need to split them between offense and defense. And you're going to take one damage unless you have any defense successes. All right. I will, uh, I'll take one defense here because I'm pretty confident in my, my abilities here. And I'm using my TV martial arts trait, which is a four. Excellent. So anything four or under is a success. I have three successes. Uh, my defensive die was a failure, though. Okay. You do lose one chi, uh, but that is, you said three offensive successes? Yes. Excellent. So that's a total of five successes so far. And uh, once you've beaten, once you've hit nine, then that next, uh, the, that person gets to sort of describe, gets to wrap up the scene. Uh, and then there's a slow, there's like a slow motion pull into my face as I go, ah! Classic Van Darn. Caleb? I don't know if I can follow that, but I'm gonna. So uh, Larry was standing in front of the fireplace. He is going to thrust both hands into the pockets of his trench coat. In one hand, he's going to pull out a, a small little handful of magic powder. In the other hand, he's going to pull out a wand uh, that was crafted out of a uh, an old piece of willow branch with all kinds of runes carved all over it. Uh, he's going to uh, throw the powder into the fire and then... Uh, spin his wand through the air, summoning a powerful wind spell. And he's going to uh, pull the fire out of the fireplace and shoot it at all of the Chicago Bull demon things. Uh, that's excellent. So that was either eight or nine. So again, maxed out. You get five dice. So uh, that would be your magic power is not afraid to use them trait, I assume? Right, so I'm using okay. my five. That's five. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four offense and one defense. Sounds good. So my offense, I had two successes and two failures, uh, and my defense is also a success. Excellent. So you do not take any damage. Huzzah. And you have brought the threat rating down to two. So Scott, all you're gonna need. Uh, Andy Oakley, all you're going to need is two offense successes to finish off the demonic facsimile of the 1995 Chicago Bulls starting lineup. You think you got game, Bulls? You don't got game. Your game is whack. I shamble as a bunch of squirrels in a trench coat up to uh, the, the, the bull with the ball, and knowing that bulls are nothing without their balls, I, you know, fake left, and then I fake right, and, and this is causing the... the the bullite to, to uh, you know, protect in, in some ways and, and curve one way and curve the other. And then uh, little does he suspect that then I, I abandon the trench coat and dissipate into an enormous swarm of squirrels 
covering his body, stealing the ball from him, and retrieving it, uh, and then reforming as, as a now presumably naked animatronic squirrel, Annie Oakley, on the other side of this bowl with a basketball and still my complete collection of nuts. That's what Excellent. they call a game. Excellent. So that was at least ten, again. You guys are knocking it out of the park. So go ahead and take uh, all five of your maximum dice and split those between offense and defense however you want. Uh, Caleb did well with four and one. I'll do the same thing, so four for offense. That's uh, two fails, two successes. Excellent. And then one for defense is a three success. Excellent. So you don't take any damage, and um, that is the last point of threat. So traditionally, whoever does the last point of gets rid of the last point of threat gets to narrate the end of the scene. So you can choose to tell us how the how the demonic facsimile of the 1995 Chicago Bulls starting lineup is defeated, or you guys you can split that around and share it, or um, if you want, I can narrate it. But traditionally, whoever gets that last point gets to tell us what happens. Well, I I think having Uh, Given that they're perpetually late, it is the last final seconds of the game, and having the ball stolen from them, the slack-jawed looks on their faces, no no, no assagement, they they, they will not be winning here tonight. The game is, the score is 106 to 52 in our honor, and and they fade into a hazy blackness of regret and remorse. But it does take a really, really long time to dissipate. Like, you know, it, it's, it's fading, and then it's fading, and, and we're done being impressed, and then we've resumed normal conversations a good 45 minutes before the, the black haze is finally done fading. Fantastic. So as the last of the, the black haze dissolves, the green room door bursts open, and a slightly larger than full-size Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, wearing a white lab coat on top of a trench coat, bursts into the green room. His mouth doesn't move, but he psychically projects into everyone's mind, including all of the squirrels that make up Annie Oakley. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm late, everyone. Oh, uh, I'm glad you're all here. We're glad to finally see you. Oh, there's been some drama here in the green room. What kind of drama? Basketball drama. And our <laughs> multitude of eyes narrow. The worst kind, the worst kind. I, I'm glad that you dealt with the drama before I've arrived, and I'm very sorry I'm late. My kids brushed their teeth before we left, and then all their teeth fell out, and I had to take them to the dentist, and then I got there, and my car ran out of gas. And so I had to siphon some blood out and wait for it to become oil, and then refine that into gasoline to fill up the car. But I'm here now, and I'm just I'm glad everyone's here. We breathe a cacophonous, uh, pluralistic sigh of relief. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I, I see you've already met my other guest. Uh, you you know Miss Natalie Portman? Oh, that's who she is. I couldn't remember. I hate I hate her. She's kind of a bitch. No, 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 no. You're thinking of Kira Knightley. They look really similar. Everyone always does, does that. They always think it's Kira Knightley, but it's really Natalie. Actually, is it is it Natalie Portman or are you Kira Knightley? Or did I did I mix it up entirely? Is she the one that stole a bunch of stuff? No, no, no. That was Winona Ryder. Well, no, I thought that... Or Lindsay Lohan. All, she all... Human who was in Mean Girls? We're not very good at recognizing <laughs> your kind. She said N- she... Natalie Portman, you were excellent in that SNL bit with Lonely Island. No, oh, yes, that was one of my, one of my favorite, favorite bits with all the cursing and the rap and the black right. and white. I, I know you've done so many fantastic movies and you're a Harvard scholar. 
but all I really care about is a comedy bit on a late night television show that no one cares about. It was fantastic. I carry around a whole bunch of headshots. Uh, I will give it one to her and, you know, tell her to call me. Uh, yeah, for that's fantastic. Like if I need my chimneys cleaned or like, uh, like need heavy furniture dragged around or, you know, I'll just, I'll just put them in my wallet. I'll just keep you in mind. Uh, anything like that. In our dimension, you would have had to consume many pounds of nuts to be on our Saturday Night Live. It's actually, actually the same kind of the same. Here. <laughs> if you've ever been in the SNL green room, it's um, it's mostly nuts. It's actually like knee deep in in a variety of mixed nuts. It's a you little hear weird. a strange sort of squirrel purr sound coming out. And that Lorne Michaels man, when he calls you to his office, yeah, there's white wine and nuts. Nothing but nuts. <laughs> what what you don't know is that Miss Portman isn't really a human Earth actress. Well, I mean, I am a human Earth actress. Well, she's not just a human Earth actress. She's much more. She, Miss Portman, would you like to to clarify? I am also an interdimensional police chief slash private investigator, and she takes off. Uh, what was just a, a light jacket, and as she pulls it off, a trench coat unfurls from inside the jacket, and uh, she pulls out a pair of thin-framed, reflective sunglasses and puts them on in the green room inside. I have a different headshot that's for my time cop profession. I will hand her one of those and let her know that I'm a time cop. I really wanted something else to unfurl when she took off her light jacket, but that's a different podcast, so that's fine. Uh, maybe in another dimension, something else does unfurl. Uh, but in this dimension, it's just the it's just the trench coat, and then she puts the sunglasses, and she says, "Professor Rex and I have brought you all here today to save the multi-dimensional verse, most cosmology verse again. The multi-dimensional verse, most cosmology verse is very important to us. We would be esteemed to save it for you, Ms. Portman." Yeah, I'm into. I always get wrapped up in these saving the world things. It feels like it's my destiny. I don't know, but I'm down to help. Well, it's supposed to be glute day, but uh I guess I'll skip leg day. I'm I'm going to I'm 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 going to help because he's skipping leg day. <laughs> you should never skip leg day, Van Dog. But I suppose this might be the one exception. Well, I think we might be able to send you back in time to make leg day after it's all over. Because you can't skip leg day, bro. You can't skip it. Professor Rex is right. Leg day is very important. But there's something even more important that we have to discuss. And that's the multidimensional verse cosmology verse is in grave danger. Very grave danger. What exactly are we talking about, Miss Portman? Give us some details. I'm sure you've all heard of space pirates. And I'm sure you've all heard of time pirates. And yeah. you may even have heard of space-time pirates. Sure, but have sure. you heard of space-time ghost pirate ninjas? <gasps> There's yes. the absolute worst, worst things we've ever heard of in the multi-dimensional sphere. This must not be unended. Chances are hard when you're dealing with time travel. This must be immediately unhappened before. 
It's too late. Let's have gotten. It's too late, Annie Oakley. It's already been unrehappened after we unhappened it. Before we ever had gone back to unhappen it, it happened and then rehappened. But they, how do they have enough temporal light to do that? I don't know. Temporal light is in strict demand, but in the future, everyone's got it. So maybe they went back to the future, got the temporal light, came forward to the past, re-undid it before we did it, took our temporal light, re-undid our getting the temporal light, they went back to the future, returned the temporal light, and came back to the past and did it in the first place. That's all I can figure. You guys look over and Van Darn has a Hello Kitty notebook and I'm writing very slowly, leg day. What? <laughs> you know, according to the time travel literature, that makes perfect sense. I'm with you 100%. That's good. Science, scientifically, that works out. Let's do it. Six fell asleep. <laughs> we have a flowchart, but there's no time for flowcharts. There's no time for flowcharts. Well, if we succeed, we will go back in time and make a flowchart and have it here ahead of time. So therefore, if there is now a flowchart, we know that we succeed. And as you look around, every wall has been turned into a flowchart. Bill and Ted, bam. Unfortunately, we're using time cop rules. So the universe is instantly exploded inside that world. Luckily, the green room is painted with anti-temporal paradox paint. So we're okay. They have that at Lowe's. Oh, yeah, it was on sale. I mean, that five-gallon bucket, you, you can't pass that up. It's got the re- mail-in rebate. And oh, actually, if you go on Martin, Martin Luther King Day, they always have a big paint sale, and you can get the in-store rebate. You don't even have to mail it in. Oh, that's awesome. Their prices are nuts. <laughs> okay, so if we know that we succeeded, but our success also exploded the universe, what we really have to do is go back in time to stop our success, but then go forward in time to find the pirates, who are also ghost ninjas. And then re-unstop our success at the point at which our success would have stopped, unstopped, exploded the universe. God. Yep. But wait, if you just leave yourself a note not to write the white, not to write the flowcharts, I think that will un-re-explode the universe. So, right? Am I right, Miss Portman? I think, but it has to be a sticky note, and you have to write it backwards, and then hold up to a mirror. Yeah, we can do yeah. that later. There's no time. There's no time. Literally, there's no time. Literally, there's no time. So now, you've got to go to the ghost space pirate port, Tortuinga, and find out what those space ghost pirate spe, ghost space pirate ninja space time pirate ninjas. They're ghost. They're space time ghost pirate ninjas. They're pirate ninjas who are dead, and who come back to steal space-time throughout space-time. Right? So how do we kill them if they're dead? Do we first have to go back in time and bring them back to life? You should be able to defeat them as ghosts. That's why I brought you here. Anyone could have gone back in time and undeadified them and then killed them, but only you, you four, or four hundred and three, however many squirrels there are, can fight them as ghosts. You've got to fight them as ghosts. Well, you know, back in my lab, uh, in my magic lab, that is, I definitely have ingredients to make anti-ghost powder. And if we made a bunch of anti-ghost powder, we could coat our hands in it, and then whenever we punch the ghost ninja pirates, they would feel it. But punching is insufficient for pirates. They, they don't respect any punches except by those who are sworn officers of the time-space-time law. 
And that's why I'm deputizing you all right now. You're officially space-time law legal secret officers. What, what kind of benefits does that come with? And badges all start to materialize on whatever epaulets our trench coats have or don't have. I have so many tiny badges. <laughs> so are all of your squirrels wearing trench coats, or is the swarm of squirrels wearing one human-sized trench coat? Or one human-sized trench coat, two human-sized six-shooters, one human-sized hat, and then a bunch of squirrels who are doing their best to keep the approximate shape of a human much of the time. Okay. Excellent. It looks like you guys are getting ready to start some sort of plan and then head off to Tortuinga. Is that right, or do you need do you need more information? I think that would be counterproductive at this point for us to have any more information. Probably true. Yeah, I think we're pretty good to go. You don't really need much more than you got, I'm sure. As you all know, Miss Portman continues, your badges are also your space-time dilation devices. So whenever you're ready, leave. <laughs> I wish I had a great closing speech or some pep talk, but I don't. Uh, just write one and then go back and give it to yourself. Could you just do the rap from Lonely Island? That'll be, that'll send us off really great. <sighs> she takes a deep breath. <laughs> And sighs, and then takes another deep breath, and then just breaks into a string of curse words and rap, and music comes out of the speakers from nowhere, and holograms of the Lonely Island band uh, step out of the fireplace and start doing the dance, yeah. I'm waving my raptor arms in the air to the beat. As though you just didn't care? Yeah, right, exactly. Like, I'm a true player. But they're just so tiny. So are you guys heading to... Larry's lab, magic lab first, or are you headed straight to Tortuinga? Why don't we do a... Tortuinga is, is not the final destination, right? It is merely a stop on our whistle-stop tour through time and space to solve the ghost pirate ninjas. That seems likely. So I, I think Tortuinga may uh, further set us up to have a successful laboratory visit. Let's go there first. I'd like to say that Larry's lab is probably right in Jerry's house. <laughs> Right by the kitchen, probably, probably right by the island. Yeah, near the meat slicer. Oh yeah, I mean definitely. Can you still see the Superman magnet when you guys are standing in front of it, or did you obscure it? Eh, you know it depends on the episode. I mean the day. So Van Darn wants to wait until everyone else has used their time dilation device to go away, and then he's going to pull out another card he has. Uh, he's also a contractor, and this mention of paint, I want to let the the professor know that I actually think I could do something with these walls here. Uh, and if he's interested, give me a call. If, if you, if you got tired of the green in the green room, let me know. Exactly. I, I could, I could liven it up a little bit and I could, I could put another coat of that time dilation protection. Uh, Cause that stuff go, wears out every couple of years and you know, just want to be careful. So I don't like the time. Do you do ochre or are you more of a, a structure? You know what? We will discuss this in the, in the future past when you're, Yes, we'll discuss. it's a good idea. I'll call you. Excellent. Brilliant. Good luck. Okay. So you guys have all time, space, dilatory travel to to uh, Larry Schmesden's magical laboratory in uh, in Jerry's kitchen, in Jerry's apartment. Um, so you can. Are you guys going to do like an official like planning scene with uh, the aim to just make everything better, or you guys just want to, you guys just riffing and let's let it go. 
That sounds exciting. Official planning? That's a thing? <laughs> uh, sure, actually. We've never done that before. Ever. Let's do it. Um, so treat it like a combat uh, in that you're going to be describing details and rolling dice and counting offense successes. And when you you can lose chi still in this scene... So if you if you don't get a defense, you're taking one damage per round, and if you don't get a defense success, then you will still lose a chi for for being either over prepared or under prepared or you know whatever something bad happens, uh, you can you can sort that out. It's, it's like think, that deleted scene from Rocky where he's in the middle of that montage and he gets hit by that bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly like that. Exactly. You think you've got a good training montage, and then bam, out of nowhere, bus. In the previous scene, I did lose one of my points. Is this a new scene? Does that come back, or how do we regain our chi? Um, so you regain your chi. It, it depends on the. It depends on the how how intense you want to run the game. Usually, you can go with regaining one chi between scenes. Sometimes you have to. You don't regain any, any chi until the scene after you. If you go out, if you lose all your chi, then you won't regain until the scene after that. If you guys want to play it between each scene, you begin to chi. We can do it that way. So if you guys, if you want to be super intense and dark and gritty, then you know, no chi, no chi comes back. Um, and it's not like if you run out of chi, you're out of the game forever either. What 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 is what isn't dark and gritty about this world we put together? I mean, this is this is the most grit gritty universe I've ever played in. It doesn't get more real than the the cast the the backroom green room of a reality show. A reality cooking show. So, all right, the no chi, no more chi. Everybody's wherever you're at. I think that means uh, uh, Michael and Matthew, uh, Van Darn and Red Six are at two chi, yep. and Larry Schmesden and Annie Oakley are both at three chi still. Yep. We're on hard mode. Yeah. yeah. Nightmare hardcore survival. So, yeah, so um, so I think since it's, it's Larry Schmesden's lab that he should start us off, and what, what are you doing to prepare for the upcoming journey to Tortuinga to fight the space-time ghost pirate ninjas. Larry. Okay. We're going to go into my lab, which is... Uh, the, the entrance is in the apartment kitchen, and there's a, a, a door in the floor. So I, I pry open the door, and we go down these creaky, uh, rickety steps. I light a bunch of candles... And uh, the lab looks pretty much like a classic workshop. There, there's workbenches, there's shelves, there's Tupperware containers everywhere. I am going to go over to a little platform that has a, a big leather book on it with a stuffed teddy bear on top of it. And I'm going to consult this teddy bear who is my secret oracle. Excellent. Uh, so what what uh, what question are you asking of your teddy bear oracle? What is the best way to defeat ghost ninja pirate things? Hey, Larry. Long time no see. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's Glad to hear. A little musty. Well, yeah. I mean, we're in the basement. Uh, so, hey, I, I got to go fight some ghost pirate ninjas that are also in space. So I need some good advice on how to kill them. Ghost pirate ninjas or space-time ghost pirate ninjas? Uh, probably the second one. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
Well, if you're going to fight space-time ghost pirate ninjas on Tortuinga, what you really need is ghost dust in order to impact their skin, and then you either need swords or guns for the so the, for the, the space, if they're more ninja than ghost, swords. If they're more ninja than pirate swords. If they're more pirate than ninja, guns. And then drinking contests will work no matter what. Because, you know, ninjas drink and also pirates drink. So you can also just, you know, out-drink them. Drink them under the table. Cool. It's, that... it's really up to you. Okay. That seems pretty good. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put in a vote uh, to the fellows here that are with me. And we'll see what they want to do. Do we have any ghost powder? Oh, yeah. There's a whole bucket of it. Oh, it's right here. It's labeled ghost powder. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll take this with me, and uh, and we'll just go from there. Gee, glad to help. Thank, yeah, thanks, buddy. Appreciate hey, it. You uh, you thought about my uh, my request? I did, but... Yeah. It just, mean, it's it's, it's kind of lonely down here. I wouldn't mind another pair. I know, I'm not, but I'm not it's picky. Gonna, it's gonna cost so much to to get the the hookups. I mean, the the picture you showed me of was anatomically correct, anatomic, uh, animatronic. It, it, I, I I don't have the zoning to get that type of power supply into the building. The Build-A-Bear so, people are onto us. Exactly. Yeah, the Build-A-Bear people. They're they're opposing this because they're opposing the robotics company that's making these anatomically correct animatronic bears. So there's that whole fiasco. I'll try, man, but I don't know if it's going to work out. I hate those furry guys, but they're bears and they're workshops. Whatever. Didn't I see you with a Teddy Ruxpin just the other day? Hey, man. That's none of your business. I mean, you got you. You were at the Orange Julius at the mall, and you were having like a very intense conversation. And I walked up, and it seemed very awkward. So I, I just kind of walked away. I, you know, I, I didn't want to butt in, but it seems relevant now that that we're talking about it. Yeah. Well, you know, we just went through. You know, we had a we had a disagreement, and we broke up. And he's really a jerk, and I don't really want to talk about it. And it's not any of your business. Yeah, it's really not any of your business. It's fan really fan. not any of your business. No, man, not, not any of your business. Yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No. Cool. Whatever. I don't come into your. I don't come into your house and talk about your your relationships. But whatever. No. Come on in. Take the ghost powder. Ask me about my breakup. That's fine. I got nothing to hide. No, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. Don't. I, <gasps> little plush, plush, uh, cotton cotton fluffs come out of his eyes. Just just a little tear. Oh, just I hate when you cry. Oh, uh, make me feel so bad. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over Teddy. That's you know? good. That's good. Stay strong. Stay yeah. strong. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, uh, ghost powder, swords, guns, gun swords, uh, drinking. You know, any of the usual stuff. Space time, ghost pirate ninjas. So, do we have any booze to grab just in case we need to do the drinking thing? Because I'll pack these empty pockets with booze. Why don't you describe? Your either your search for alcohol. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so tell me what goes on. At, at hearing, I assume I can hear the teddy bear, and the teddy bear doesn't just psychically project into uh, Larry's brain. I oh, know he speaks aloud. Oh, okay, great. Uh, very gruff. Uh, excellent. So when he starts talking about drinking, 
Red's going to perk up and be like, rawr, 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 and he's going to start sniffing around the potions and, you know, maybe maybe knocking a couple things over. I'm not going to lie. He's, he's got a tail. doesn't really listen to him a lot of the times. And he's rummaging through uh, cabinets and, and end tables, and, and he's finding all these bottles with corks and stuff, and he finds finds this one really dusty bottle of, of, of rum, and he, and he snorts out... <sighs> And the dust flies off, and it says uh, 1692 uh, Captain's Watch. And, and, and he kind of cups it in his six little fingers, and he's like, Rah! Excellent. That is going to do just fine. That's going to be uh, an excellent find. So do you have a pocket in your trench coat that you can drop that in? Oh, yeah. I got plenty of useless pockets because I just usually eat everything. So he's just going to shove that down in the pocket. I'm going to find one of those little barrel things that like a St. Bernard would wear and put it on red six. Yeah. Fantastic. Do you want to, do you want to tell me more about, are you just going to, you just want to just pick one up, just find one under a book somewhere and pick it up and grab it. Absolutely. As I'm looking around uh, for a sword gun, better be a bourbon barrel. It, there you go. It, perfect. Yep. And I'm just going to, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I'll I'll scratch behind whatever the equivalent of an ear would be, <laughs> and I'll, your your back leg will kind of kick out really hard. But yeah, so you're basically you're a Saint Bernard now with some bourbon in a in a barrel just in case we need you. Awesome. And um, any Oakley, are you is there, are you looking for anything particular to help, or are you just nosing around to see what might be useful, or are you just chilling and digesting nuts? Well, it, it seems like. Uh... You know, we have good suggestions for the pirate and the ninja parts, and, and we have ghost powder, and 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 uh, it seems like the space and time bits are, are still left undone. So I, I think Annie Oakley, with her background as a hunter and trapper, would be uh, keenly able to uh, animatronically construct as, as a swarm, so very rapidly, a, a uh, some sort of strange space-age, you know, vacuum tube, computationally-powered beam system that, that um, you know, so, since they're littered through space and time, it'd be nice if we could remove that dimension, and so it's, it's, this beam will collapse all of space into a convenient three-foot cube, thus trapping the space-time ghost pirate ninjas within it, and also the rest of the universe, but most importantly, it traps the space-time ghost pirate ninjas there for, uh, you know, easy anti-spacing. Uh, it's like the fan. backspace key. That's what we call this ray. The backspace key. Mm-hmm. It's okay. it's actually in the same of a giant key. It's like the keyblade, except it's the key ray. Key ray. Uh, that's fantastic. So you, you get that all set up. So um, I think everybody's had a go. So um, why don't you all... Everybody, I counted, everybody had way more than five dice. Uh, and that is still the, the dice pool limit at the moment. So why don't you all pick up your five dice and... Split it between attack and defense. Uh, you do take its uh, one damage threat for messing it up. And I think uh, that might come from the bear. But uh, we'll have to see if anybody gets failures. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> why did you fail? Why, what happened to you? But So clarification on this rolling. We're rolling under the numbers? Yes. So the ah. very first time I said it, I misspoke. So yeah, you're always rolling under the number. So the number that you choose or under is what you want. And so just pick the trait you think is most appropriate for whatever you did, talking to bears, looking for booze, looking for barrels, or constructing 
um, space-time compression collapsion rays. The, the Anioka Collective had two successes and two failures to, to get a, the, the key ray, and we failed to defend ourselves against the bear in that time. Okay. Let's go ahead and figure out what everybody else got, and then we can decide what failure means for your defense. All right. I'm going to roll my wizard profession. I'm going to roll three offense and two defense. All of my dice are successes. Fantastic. Do the ties go to the player or to the game? Ties go to the player. Then I have all successes as well. I rolled on my I am a hunter skill, so that's my five. Awesome. And I rolled all under five. Five and under, excuse me. So did you have, how many offense dice did you have? Oh, you I had three offense, offense dice and two defense dice. Okay. Van Darn, what did you, uh, what did you roll here, sir? I actually rolled against my actor because I'm actually kind of scared, but I'm, I'm not letting anybody see that, and I'm trying to project confidence. Uh, but with that, I failed both of my defense rolls, and I had two successes, one failure on my offensive rolls. Well, that is just enough to wrap up the threat rating, but uh, you did take one point of damage. So um, Van Darn and Annie Oakley, why did you guys lose chi looking for stuff? And that can represent... Anything from physical harm to uh, bad luck to you're just worn out to you got, you know, depressed. Just anything that would represent sort of a failure, a minor failure. Keeping in mind that you did completely succeed on what you wanted to do, which was get the barrel and build the machine. So I like to think that Van Darn, uh, as I was looking for the barrel, I was sort of moving vials of liquid and like beakers and test tubes and all these different shades. And at one point, I grabbed a bottle of liquid that was very reflective. It almost like a mirror. And I started looking at myself and I was admiring myself in the in this mirror. But because of the odd shape and the liquid, it was it actually kind of a it was an imperfect reflection. And it really made me start to focus in on some of my features that aren't exactly symmetrical anymore. And so it's shaken my confidence that my my face doesn't represent myself properly and, and I'm worried about my headshots. I just gave three headshots out and now I'm wondering if I have to redo them. So I'm kind of distracted. Excellent. So blow to the confidence and exactly. uh, some minor distraction. That's excellent. So uh, Annie Oakley, what what happened that, that caused you to, to lose that point in chi? Uh, well, we, we were developing the backspace key and uh, unfortunately it involved a very slight amount of testing and uh, personal risk and, and we... During one of the tests, it, it failed, sending several squirrels into the mega ether. That is dramatic. Uh, were any of the squirrels lovers or siblings or parents to remaining squirrels? Or did you make? Are there orphan squirrels now, or widow squirrels? Uh, I mean, we we all collectively mourned the loss of bits of ourselves. It's 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 like. Uh, you know, for, for, for a non-collective being to make a sort of a comparison. It would be like suddenly waking up and realizing that your childhood is gone forever and you can never get it back. A piece of you that was once you is now separated from you, never to be retrieved again. Oh. Also, I can't remember how to play the piano. That's definitely worth a chi point. That's definitely worth losing a chi point. Fantastic. So... Looks like you guys are ready to head out to Tortuinga and uh, hopefully confront some space-time ghost pirate ninjas. <laughs> is, is that our new time travel sound effect? 
<laughs> and we're in the new world. <laughs> I don't know. I I kind of like that our badges just give like a like a plot related cough. Like, <laughs> and like, you're there. <clears throat> <clears throat> we're over like here. A Douglas mm. Adams description. Gazoon tight. Okay, so with a polite cough, you all find yourself standing on the desert waterscape of Tortuinga. It is vast oceans separated by humongous desert islands that are all really probably within a couple miles of each other, but just just they're they're deserted. Each island is deserted until somebody lands on it, and then in between it are are terrible waves and and you know vast swaths of treacherous ocean. And then in one particular part of Tortuinga is a reviled and infamous pirate port, which is where you believe the space-time ghost pirate ninjas must have must have secluded themselves. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash vrpgacademy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at The RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.